Hello and welcome to the Christina Talks podcast. I love the interviews. I love, love, love the interviews. And um, yeah, when I have an episode that is me talking to someone about what they're up to, what they've been doing, how they contribute to the world, um, whether it is from a business perspective or, or in another way, um, they're always the best conversations, I feel. I always learn something and I hope you learn something too. Well, today is one of those days. Uh, I'm going to interview someone now who, when they introduce themselves and when they share a little bit of their story, you'll see why they're such an interesting character. Um, and they're, they're, they're putting a lot of good out there into the world, helping a lot of people that um, need some support. So we're going to dig into that as well. I hope you enjoy this episode. I know I'm going to. Let's get into it. Oh, do I click leave? Do I stay? It says recording in progress. It says leave or stay. Oh, definitely stay. Definitely stay. So I always jump in recording straight away because I always think it's like, it's better to not have a plan on this stuff. It's better to, I just love just going with it. Because all the good, juicy stuff comes up in an interview then. So um, that's why. You're, you're talking to an Aspie saying, don't have a plan. It's okay. I'm, I'm coping. I'm coping. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So, um, so Ozzy, welcome to the Christina Talks podcast. Um, Hello. I feel like it's a long time coming. I've, I, um, you came on the Green Umbrella Live Lunch probably about it must be about 12 months ago if not longer I was gonna say it must have been about a year or so ago yeah 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 and at the time I was like right I want you to do live lunch I want you to come on the podcast as well and then it's taken me a year to organize the podcast it says a lot about me yeah it, it, it's no I think you know all good things come to those who wait I think it's you know these podcasts and just like your podcast in general the um you know it all uh, well the perfect planning that's that's what that's what you say. It's all 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 in the planning. All in the planning. Well, yeah. Everyone knows I don't do planning. I'm like, I just get in there, figure it out, make it happen. That's my usual that that is the plan. Um so Ozzy, please introduce yourself because obviously people listening are not necessarily gonna know who you are. Um yeah, so yeah, tell us tell us your story. The story. Um I'll I'll do you know I'll, I'll I'll do an intro as it is today, and then we'll we'll, we'll work the story out. The uh, so uh, Ozzy, um, Ozzy's the nickname that was given to me when I was at school, and uh, the, my life now there is only a couple of people really call me Ozzy, uh, and they're u- usually people who have met me through my wife because I met my wife at school. And she calls me Ozzy and she cannot bring herself. She she says it's like weird. I can't call you Richard. The uh, so, so my name's Richard Osborne, and I'm the founder of UK Business Forums, which was uh, founded 20 years ago last month uh, as a online support community for people who need to support each other. Generally, working from home, nobody else to speak to. And when I set them up, um, I was creating my user account, and what what to call myself? I called myself Aussie. And then it's stuck 20 years later, as far as UK business forums is concerned, I'm called Aussie. Um, but in a professional capacity in the business, um, Richard Osborne, founder of Business Data Group. That's me. Fab. But isn't there a story around sort of your journey with UKBF? The, yeah, so um, we go back 
Um, I'll go back a little bit before UKBF because you need to sort of know how I was feeling at the time. So in 1999, I got married, had a breakdown, quit my job and started my first business all within a few months of each other. Um, I, I better hasten to add, in case my wife ever listens to this, that the breakdown had nothing to do with the marriage. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, it wasn't getting married that caused me to have a breakdown. It was childhood um, trauma and a series of events in the family all piling in on me at that same time. And I was working uh, in a business uh, for somebody else, and I had quite a good job, doing quite well. And the um, and because everything hit me emotionally, I it pushed me over the edge, and I had a nervous breakdown. And the I couldn't do anything else. I just was in a hole. Uh, so I started designing websites for people, and that's how I started my first business. The ran that for a couple of years until a company. I don't want to say they didn't buy it from me. They kind of took it over and pretended they bought it from me. But I ended up with. I swapped my business for shares in a dormant company that wasn't trading or doing anything because I didn't know what I was doing. So I'd lost my business uh, by 2001. Um, My daughter was born in 2002. And by February 2003, I was up to my neck in debt and just had um, nothing. just literally like we have we were we were using credit cards and a bank loan to pay our mortgage and put food on the table um and things were sort of on the verge of collapsing and i thought i can't be the only person who's like just ain't got a clue what i'm doing um trying to hold it all together and coming from a tech industry for the last couple of years prior to that where uh, people who worked in web hosting and setting domain apps that they would always like support each other through online news groups and mailing lists. And I thought create a forum that business people who are running their own little businesses can support each other in the way that people in the tech industry d- did. <clears throat> That's, there's got to be something in that. It's, you know, it's, it's got to happen. So the forums were put up and they just took off. Literally, it turned out. There was thousands, thousands of people all feeling the same, feeling just lost, struggling to know what to do with all different aspects of running their businesses, all working from their spare bedrooms, their kitchen as I was, sheds at the end of the garden, um, in all these environments. And UKBF became a place for them to just uh, anything from just chat about what was on TV the night before to... Um, I can't afford my VAT bill. What do I do? And um, they're all helping each other out. It became a lifeline for me. I think this this is, um, the, there's loads of things I want to dig into, but, you know, just on that point, it's community is so, so important. It's so yeah. important. And it, it's, a, it's a human need, essentially, to want to be part of something, want to have a place where you belong and, I think as a, you know, one of the reasons I started the podcast was like, I know I certainly felt that I was able to access people that gave me access to their communities, gave me huge support on a, on a one-to-one level, read that I could learn from, go to when I had issues, but they were doing it for me because they'd been there too. Yeah. So, so they- and that's, 
that's the thing. You, um, you feel like you're alone, and that so many. You, it's it's a um, such a cliche that people say, "Oh, you know, running your business is a lonely place." And um, but that cliche comes from a a, a truer place that it, it is. And when you're in that environment uh, where a lot happens when you start your own business. Um, an example of one of the things that happens is your friendships change. Uh, so if you're going from, like I went from an environment where I was working somewhere where everybody would go down the pub after work on a Friday. I went a lot of people do that. So every Friday, every week, like a group of about 15, 20 people uh, would go down the pub on a Friday, uh, sort of end the week, and a few would stay there quite a bit later, and you socialise with your work colleagues. When you start to work in for yourself, that's gone. So you lose those sort of friendship groups that you build up in a working environment, but then you also can find yourself in a situation where your friendship circles outside of work change, uh, um, sometimes just break apart, because you're focused on building your business up and your life, your priorities, your um, mindset, all these things are changing that may not be as aligned to the the friends you'd used to hang around with most evenings because now evenings you're having to work to pay the bills perhaps or, heaven forbid, you start becoming successful and then sometimes jealousy can creep in. All these sort of things can happen. Um, so you're in a such an isolated. Sorry. Yeah, there's a real shift in values, um, yeah. but also the drivers. So it's really funny you say this. Like literally last week, I was at my parents' house and um, I was talking about, oh, you know, what what are you doing at the weekend or that, you know, what what have you got coming up? I saw, oh, you know, I'm going to see this friend here. I'm going to go and do that with that friend here, and, and they're all. She's like, oh, these are all new friends. I hope you haven't left your old friends behind. And it's like. Well, I haven't left them behind, no, but people, there's a phrase in that people turn up for a season or a reason. Yeah. And, um, and I think it is when you, when you make that shift into being a business owner, or even when you go from one level to another, you, you might have been in business for years and years and years operating at a certain level. And now instead of it being you and a VA, you've now got a team of 5, 10, 15, 20. That in itself creates value shifts. It creates different drivers um and not everyone is you know you're, you're sat there thinking like oh my god how am I going to make payroll this month yeah. that's a different problem to you know and those old friends that are um you know on a Friday night sinking a bottle of wine because they're you know they're falling out with the other mum in the playground it's a different set of problems yeah it is um and that's really where UKBF came from because you're then taking all these people that are in have that common denominator between them all that co that common ground of we are all in this same boat having gone through these same changes in cycles and you can't um, you can't speak to an old classmate about a problem you might be having with your um, business because they just they can't relate to that if they've never run a business but you can talk to another business owner about it and but where do you go to meet other business owners when when your whole life now is perhaps in your shed or in your spare bedroom or on your kitchen table and 
speaking personally, the uh, I mean, actually, at the time, I didn't even know there was such a thing as networking groups or things. But uh, there, I would could be quite cynical. There's an element of networking groups which is very rah rah rah. You're going out there, you're, you've got your salesman's hat on, and uh, you're there um, pitching and looking for business. You're not there to suddenly find somebody you've, uh, that you've just met and just say, "Can I have a chat with you at the moment?" Literally, I've just had a pretty good last quarter but then I've had this bill come in and now I've done my fat return. The Batman wants this much, but I've only got that much. Um, the, what do I do? Um, well, I don't know. I just, you know, I'm hoping to, you're going to order your printing for me, mate. The, uh, <laughs> also is that when you go into those rooms and so I was at an event on Wednesday and, and I love this, I love this group because everyone's really, really open and honest. Um, there's a lot of people that are in the same sector that come together, you know, it's like an industry group. But it's like, how's business? And then people just go, yeah, everything's amazing. What I really love about this group is like everyone's going like, this quarter's been really shit. This is what yeah. we're seeing. This is I'm, I'm in a group with um, some people that own marketing agencies. And someone's put in there this morning about, you know, um, is anyone else having a problem like getting clients to pay on the time? And it's like for a minute, there's like silence. And then someone else is brave enough to say something. And now my phone won't stop pinging. It's been driving me mad because like every, everyone's in on it now, like different strategies, tactics. And, you know, is it, a pro- is it a temporary problem? Is it a sign of the times? Like, you know, and it is, it's so difficult to be open and honest and transparent. Yeah. And I think a lot of these networks- But how valuable is that, though, to have that, those peers to... Um, chat to and sound those out the um uh, people turn around when i've been chatting to various people about having a peer meant group right people pay thousands tens of thousands to go to these sort of organizations um sometimes they happen um organically uh, and then it's a group of people come together it doesn't and it's not like a one of these professional organizations so to speak that does it and the value you get from that is such a relief. Sometimes the relief is just, as you just say, does anybody else have an issue like this? And then, yeah, I am as well. And, and then somebody would have had it and dealt with it and had success from that and turn around and just say, you know, this might not work for you, but I did this and they started paying on time. Though, or that sort of input. And then you've got a group of people going, oh, that's, that's like, I just sent them, I got the, you know, the bank payment the next week. Um, and it just make, changes people's lives sometimes. Absolutely. Um, I think it's accountability as well. You know, it's having somewhere where you, because when it's you, you're not accountable to anyone. Even with yeah. me and the team, yes, I feel responsibility for the team, but I've, you know, there are certain things that don't get shared. Well, actually, where's my accountability there if I haven't got a, uh, a, a community of a forum to go to and say actually like this is what I'm planning to do yes it's going to be difficult these are the challenges um, but these are the milestones I need to hit to have that accountability is is that breeds success those environments yeah. breed success yeah uh, uh, 100% there is another element to this um yeah. And if you're not comfortable to talk about this, I can com- I completely completely get that. Um, but I think from a from a mindset perspective, 
being a business owner can be challenging because we never know what's coming our way. And we will, the highs can be so, so high. Like I had an amazing day yesterday. I look, I um, announced my partnership in a new business. Um, I, I was on like, it, the, the announcement went really well. I was like on cloud nine. And then I had a phone call that delivered some pretty annoying news, let's say. And I was just like on the floor again. You know, and this is this is what it's like being a business business. The highs are so high, the lows are so low. But then when you throw in people talking about recession, when you throw in clients not paying on time, if your um, let's say sales are slowing or people are not making decisions fast enough, and then something happens with a family and everything else. Um, so you know, you you've shared you sort of, you know, you you had a breakdown previously, and that, that was part of what got you into business. Um, but I think we see a lot of mindset and mental health issues or the beginnings of mental health issues in business owners because of the pressure. And I think these these communities are also a massive, massive support from that perspective. Yeah. the um, I think if I think around the time, uh, so, so I so, – Having my first child was a very difficult time for me because I'd grown up in an environment that had a lot of abuse and challenges. And I have various sort of memory flashbacks of living in a women's hostel with my mum, being on people's couches or um, before I actually ended up settling down with who is now my wife, um, my place where I'd sleep at night was a mattress on the floor in somebody's in a room with didn't have wardrobes or drawers I had a pile in the corner which was the clothes I had to wear um, and a small pile of possessions I'd got and that was literally where I lived the um, until my well who became my mother-in-law took me in the so have sort of that sort of environment and then because of my childhood, when my wife became pregnant and I knew I was going to become a dad, that was pretty difficult to deal with emotionally. And then it was like, right, I'm, I've, I've got to provide. I'm going, I'm going to be a good dad, kind of, sort of like mentality. Uh, and around the time when sort of UK business forms were first set up because I had so much debt and I'd taken this um, step of running a business my second business because the first one I'd got so wrong and given away and I had nothing. The, um, so I was going to start another business, which I did the, um, and then we get to the point where it's my daughter's first birthday. So a few months after UK business forums are set up and we're still like struggling hand to mouth. And, and I could not afford to put on a birthday present birthday party for my daughter's first birthday. Literally couldn't afford a present for a, couldn't afford cake, anything like that. So my mother-in-law organized the whole birthday. She got uh, presents for my daughter from me and my wife and stuff. And I'm, I remember sitting there and I felt such a failure literally on June the 28th, 2003, because her birthday. And I'm watching it, you know, 
she'd like bringing a cake out that she had bought and you know opening you know like there was cards and um, like presents that she had bought that me as the provider had not and the I had worked out I've done a very basic spreadsheet that we had about a week or two about two weeks worth of um money in the bank from the bank loan left to pay the bills and stuff the um there was a caveat in this is that because i was trading online held a security deposit by the card acquirer was and i can't remember the exact number now but it's about 30 35 grand something like that i can't remember exactly um but because of all there was a whole load of the uh, the dot-com bubble bursting like a year or two before and like internet trade was like really toxic and I was trading online. Um, I was considered a really high risk category. Um, so the money that people were doing, like spending to buy my product, the money was not coming to me. It was just going straight into security to be held for, I think it was something like three or four months. It was like something crazy. Um, but anyway, the um, so I made the decision then like watching this birthday party going on and feeling like I would just, you know, I'm supposed to be the dad. I'm just going to provide her. This was, this was my mission. This is what I was to do. And I was failing at it. So that literally next day, um, I had, now I had a motorbike, but not a car because we'd sold the car. And I thought if I need to start doing motorcycle quarrying, like I can do that on a motorbike. So I took the um, motorbike had down uh, into Luton Town Centre and I went into the bank with a bunch of spreadsheets and a plan literally saying um, to the bank that I was banking with and said, right, here I am. I've got um, <coughs> um, within a week, I'm bankrupt effectively. I've got nothing. Um, these are all the projections. These are the sales figures that come in through my website. You can see that it's working but you're holding on to all the money and not releasing it to me. So I can't pay the bills. So what I'm actually doing is over trading. Um, this is when I learned what over trading was. Um, so you're going to sink me um, within a week. Uh, I need a, um, I need a, need you to either release the funds, but you're not going. So I need a, a, a loan facility, an overdraft facility to fund all this. And <laughs> uh, not in quite in these words, but they said the computer says no. Um, the, and I remember walking out of the bank, I won't name, um, in right in the sort of town center of Luton. And I just stood out and I was like, this is it. I'm done. I'm literally, um, my, um, I literally failed. I'm, I'm, there's nowhere to do it now. They're not going to give this. I know that within a week, we're not going to be able to pay this month's mortgage. We're not going to be able to pay anything. Um, and we've got three credit cards, which I've maxed out. So we're just making a minimum payment each month from the loan that we took out, um, a home improvement loan to fund the credit cards and to pay our mortgage and keep everything ticking around. I've got myself into so much debt that this is it. And I remember just walking out the door of the bank and uh, just closing my eyes, just looking up at the air, like just stood there, take it like think just, not knowing what to do. And I just opened my eyes and I was looking straight at, this is an advert for, this is not an advert for Barclays, but um, I can tell the positive story for this part. And I just opened my eyes and then I was looking straight at the Barclays Eagle. <laughs> so I think directly opposite. Um, so anybody who knows Luton, I know which bank I'm referring to now. But um, so I looked at them and I was just like, 
got nothing to lose. Um, so I um, walked across there with all the same paperwork and I, the guy said, can I speak to one of the business managers, went in there and the guy turned around and he looked at everything. He said, yeah, no, we, should, we can sort that out for you. I was like, you can. He went, yeah. He said, what we'll do, we'll set you up with a Barclays Merchant Services, so your credit card processing. We'll do it on a three-day settlement. Like, three days? Yeah, so anytime somebody buys from you on your website, the money will be in your bank within three days. I was like, really? Um, and what we'll do, we'll put you an overdraft in place for six months to sort of get you through this. How much do you need? So they literally did it all there and then. And um, I came walking out. Um, the, we ended up not staying with Barclays um, for the whole time because they um, that came with its own problems. <laughs> um, yeah. The sort of customer service was um, hit me a little bit there. But the um, the but actually for that point in time, so I then sent an email to the relationship manager at the other bank. And they said, okay, we'll close all these. And they released all the money they were holding in for security instantly into the Barclays account. And I was like, well, what was all that about then? So effectively, by the time this all happened, I remember it was about £48,000 instant cash boost into the business bank account from all the security they've been holding. And from that moment, the business just went, just skyrocketed. Um, and... Um, started making a profit i was able to pay uh, um, actually suppliers and things to get the business going invest into online advertising um but when you're talking about a low point i will never ever for as long as i live forget how i felt on my daughter's first birthday she turns 21 this year so um i think she's got over it by now <laughs> but <laughs> when you when you're talking about lows the um i literally at that point was at the point where i thought i've i've failed as a father as a husband as uh, a, a everything that um i needed to do that was my duty to do and and did you ever talk to anyone about not the situation but those feelings that the feelings you had around that oh no 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 i'm a gen x person i'm a, I'm a man from, from you know born in the 70s we don't talk about I'm, I'm saying this flippantly um because the importance of it now but um i was brought up um to a large degree by um heavily influenced by my grandfather um and that was the way you are uh, you stiff up a lip and you get on the um and that's how I've my whole life has been. And you can't change that overnight and you can't change it over a few years. So even now, it's very difficult. Um, I, I very rarely now, and I, you know, I've been with my wife more than 20 years, like, and there's still thing, you know, it's like I get on, it's my job. Um, that's just my mindset, it's my upbringing. And I understand that is not the way the world is today, but it's the person I am. The, the reason that I ask is that I think that, so if we take that situation, that the pressure you felt because, you know, for your daughter. Yeah. But a, a one-year-old child does not think, Daddy hasn't got me a present. No, but yeah, I knew. Us, it's, us, yeah. it's us creating... Um, we create our own pain 
a lot of the time, which, you know, affects our mindset and, um, and, you know, it, I think, it, you know, there's, there's things that I've done where I felt, um, I felt failure over, but actually when I look at it, no, it's, no one else is seeing it. No one else is affected. No one else is thinking it. It's just me. And then I'm getting so caught up in this negative thinking that actually now I'm not generating leads. Now I'm not converting business. Now I'm, um, I'm not focused on my cash flow because you've got your, you've allowed your attention to go over there um, with something you've sort of created for yourself. And um, I think it is when it comes to accessing support and whether I'm not saying necessarily you post in a forum of a thousand people saying, Oh, I'm feeling a bit shit today. Um, but it is about actually being part of communities like this, where you can create those relationships one-to-one where you can just, you know, drop someone a message on WhatsApp and say, have you got 10 minutes and, yeah. and just talk one-to-one. Um, it's, it's, it's mass massively powerful. It is. And I'm a better communicator now than I was 20 years ago. Um, but I mean, I'm only even talking like the more recent five, six, seven years. The um, I think the first time I ever really, really reached out to somebody because I, I knew this person had gone through a similar situation was during the credit crunch. So you're talking sort of 2007, eight, nine, those, those sort of years. Um, that, that we were hit by that and I had to make people redundant and I felt I'd let them down. And it just so happened a good friend of mine who I met through business, uh, the, um, she explained, you know, I, she told me that she'd do that and she felt pretty shit. So I just, I, I rang her from the car. I, I had to make people redundant. Then I had to just get out of the office. I had to leave because I was like, just, well, I was upset. Um, and I, yeah. And I pulled over the side of the road and I was just like saying, like, I, I just feel like I've, I, you know, what are they going to do now? Like literally they've got, they've got, you know, got to put food on the table and I've just taken it away from them. Uh, and the, what hit me a few days after that happened is I saw on social media, one of the people I'd made redundant, um, putting posts on social media about how they, um, been let down and I was just like 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 what do I do like literally um you've got you've got to I had to make people redundant or lose everybody and everything um and I um my wife actually got really upset when she saw the messages and um I said you've got to, you know you've got to think about well in their shoes as well they have just been let down like literally that's how I feel. And I rang this friend and um just spent the time parked in the car side of the road and just and just chatting it through. Just um almost um I mean what it did is just reassure you know, reassuring me that I made the right decision. I had I had to do it because the consequences would have been so much worse for so many more people. You're not you're making some people redundant, but if you didn't make some, you'd end up making everybody. Those sort of um things that sit on your shoulder but you know i knew how when i saw those posts and so i knew how 
they felt as well uh, in the sense of I could understand. I can't, you know, I couldn't be, I wasn't angry with them or annoyed at how they felt because I had let them down. You know, business is personal. Mm. It's, um, you know, I think prior to being the business owner, I would hear people talk, oh, you know, know, it's just business. It's not personal. And you kind of like, you go, oh, yeah, okay. And then all of a sudden you're the one in the driving seat. You're the one making the decision. You know, I've, I've, um, I've been made redundant. It never occurred to me what it would be like for the person the other side of the table. Then when I was, I mean, I, it's like just being on the call because it, it was during lockdown um, and being on the call with someone to tell them that you've got, you you know, there's a process you have to follow. So it's like, it was just devastating, absolutely mm. devastating. And Business. the process is so sterile, oh. the legal process, mm-hmm. and it's so impersonal in the way and sterile it is that it, I feel it makes it worse. But to another degree, you know, when, when you want to be compassionate, it makes it worse. But older, wiser shoulders uh, on me now, The um, you realise that the compassionate part of it um, sometimes creates its own problems. But it, it's you don't want to be like it. You don't want to, you don't want to follow this sterile process, but um, your hands are tied to it. Do you know, it's fun. Let's say it's a, it's a few years on now, but I still, um, you know, I still think about that person, what, what they're doing now. I hope they're doing well. It's, you know, for a lot of people, something like, something like that is, ends up being one of the best things that happened to them. You yeah. know, it, it's a, when I was made redundant, that's what put me on the path that got me to here. I never would have imagined I'd be working in an office, you know, doing a desk job. That that wasn't me at all. So it's like, you know, sometimes these things, it, it's like we know it could be the, the best possible thing that happens for them. But, yeah, that emotional connection and, you know, small yeah, SME, small businesses, it's small teams. They're little micro families. Yeah. You, you can't not get close to people you can't not be it not create personal relationships no it, it, you you can't you uh you you actually spend more time with your work colleagues than you do with your spouse yeah which is crazy when you think about it but it's so true and when you so when you think about your working environment and actually when you think about whether you're an employee working for somebody else or the business owner, it heightens how important it is to be in the right place with the right people and enjoy what you're doing Um, because you do spend more of your waking, like alert, active time of your days around these people that you work with than you do with, yeah, with your spouse, with with your kids. It literally is crazy, but it is true. Is that why business owners don't like going on holiday? <laughs> <laughs> the um, but it is the uh, when I sit there and think, um, um, I've done school runs with um, the um, children of uh, people who work for me. Um, I've been to uh, funerals, uh, 
some of them for some of their family, um, weddings, parties, and the um, some of my team who have worked with me for many years in previous businesses that I've had and sold now, the um, would literally just know each other's families' history, pers- you know, personal taste inside out. And I'd, I'd argue I probably know more about some of them than um, my wife knows about me or what I know about my wife. Amazing. Yeah, it's, you know, building that team around you is so, so important. And, you know, whether it is literally, you know, employees, freelancers um, or, you know, I, 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 I talk, there's a few people I mentor and I, I talk about, you know, who's in your power team, you know, who, who are the, you know, who is it you go to to talk about the accountancy stuff, the legal stuff, the, you know, all of the, you know, if you could bring these people together, you know, who is on your team? Um, it's so, so important. Um, okay, so 20 years UKBF's been going for. Yeah. Obviously, at the minute, things are, I mean, are we in a recession? Are we not in a recession? Is it happening? Is it not? Is it deep? It's, you know, so this kind of thing's come up a few times over that period. Are you seeing... Like, what differences are you seeing in terms of the issues that business owners have today versus the last time we were in this situation? Have, have you, like, do you, are you just seeing a cycle all the time over these 20 years? It is the, so there's a couple, uh, there's two areas of this. So we look at um, the starting up in business area. So picture, picture you're in marketing. So picture the persona of um, a generally speaking younger dynamic uh, sort of well younger than me dynamic of uh, people starting up in business so we'll go sort of your early 20 somethings around that sort of age group which has been a huge increase in people of that age, you know that age group starting up in business because it's become more accessible more accepted um, and dare I say, trendy. Mm-hmm. The uh, go back 20, 30 years, the concept of running a business was, um, I was going to use the word elitist, uh, which is not the right word, but I'll stick with it. It was deemed sort of only certain people could start a business, you know, had to really be educated, know what they're doing, sort of thing. Um, wasn't the case, but there's a perception that. Um, there's the business owners and then there's the people that make stuff happen, the workers. We're, you know, we're in it together. Uh, never the two may mix. The That's not so popular now, not so common. And business has become more accessible. And part of that's been through government initiatives, an entrepreneur and everybody. Part of that's been through TV, uh, Dragon's Den, Apprentice, Hard Sell, all these other comp- TV programs where reality TVs become trendy. So all these things happening um, and the internet, um, it's become more accessible. Then we've had the pandemic and I know from the statistics and data that I've seen and reported on, a huge influx, like we're talking five, six times increase in the number of e-commerce style businesses started during the pandemic than ever before 
But when the pandemic's come to an end, that's not subsided. And it's continued now where like a massive influx of people doing what's being coined as side hustles. So with all of that happening, there is more people starting business now than there ever has. Um, and they, the ease of accessing the knowledge needed to run a business you'd think would have got easier with the internet, but it's just become a lot of white noise. And uh, so what, the what pay- we have... The paywalls have just become more expensive. Yes. So now what we have is more people starting up in business. But if you think, um, actually, I'll use my daughter as an example. We were speaking about her earlier. So, you know, she's recovered from her first birthday and uh, she went self-employed at the age of 16, um, inspired by dad, I suppose. But the um, she... Uh, the, she was found herself forced. I, I, I say that jesting because actually she was forced into it. Uh, she w- was homeschooled for the last few years of school. Uh, she studied everything that she wanted to study, um, did all the qualifi- uh, exams, went to college, left within six weeks because it was just, she, in her view, she wasn't gaining anything from being at college because she'd already sat the exams she was going to do at college. Um, and the college wouldn't put her forward a year. So she dropped out of college, did the second year studies and exam within a few months, and then tried to get a job. And she couldn't get a job because the law said you cannot get a job at the age of 16 unless you are studying uh, for a qualification at the end of your um, apprenticeship. And she was she was overqualified for the apprenticeship. And then one place turned around and said, you know what, if you register self-employed, um, you can come and work here freelance um, because we're allowed to do that, but we're not allowed to give you a job. Uh, so um, that's what she did. And then she ended up working freelance for three different places. And now um, she's forward and she's running a business, but she's got dad who's been self-employed for 20 years and can answer questions and help with running her finances and things like that. At no point at all during any of her education, um, even if she'd stayed on at school, was there any aspect of this is what corporation tax is. This is what VAT is. This is how you register self-employed or any aspects about running a business. And then I'm going to sound so cynical here because I actually get involved in delivering some of these projects. So I'm going to be talking against something that I do. You get uh, enterprise projects that are delivered within schools that talk about, right, create your advert for your product, design your product that you're going to do. Right. Now, um, there you go. Brilliant. Now we're going to give you a trophy because you did a really good advert, whatever it might be. And maybe some of them might involve you creating a little stand and selling these products. Um, It's the pretty bit of business that we all love. If you're creative, you love doing your little adverts. Uh, or, or creating the product you're going to sell, but it doesn't cover any of the actual administration and real boring stuff, but actually legally you've got to do aspects around your business. So you've got all these young generation who are going in and setting their businesses up because they saw something on TV or it, you know thought it would be really cool to do. And then all of a sudden they're like getting a letter through from HMRC and like, what? Mm-hmm. Or uh, the 
any sort of threats and stuff happening. I was going to say my call just before this was all about contracts. Wording, we've had a contract come through for something and I've gone, no, nope, that's not good enough. This is missing and that's missing and we need this bit. We need a clause in there that protects us from this and we're in agreement yeah. around that. And um, it's like, it's really boring. Yeah. It's really, really boring. I would much rather be, actually, I, don't, I was going to say writing a blog, but I don't like writing either. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, create, designing someone's marketing funnel and creating a reel on Instagram and, you know, exactly. I'd much rather be that's- doing People prefer the stuff you enjoy doing, but um, the my daughter rents out. uh, She does livery uh, horse livery, looking after people's horses for her. And the she's just taken on lease, got this facility, and it's like right, okay, we need to get your contract sorted out. Um, Where there would have been no education about that, or thinking of contracts, we've been all right. We'll look in there, we'll sort it out, we go along. Like no, no, you um, you need to get these things put in place. Uh, and she's not unique in that. And we see all sorts of things coming up in um, UK business forums, uh, even down to I'm going into oh, the fact. Yes, it's just one of the things that happens all the time. And you just want to scream and put like this should be broadcast on TV and radio. Uh, if you're going into a partnership with somebody else, get a shareholders agreement or a partnership agreement. Come in. But everybody does it. Without fail, like 99% of everybody who goes into business with friends, family, they go into it because it's all nice and rosy and working together as a team. And more than 50% of those businesses collapse and fall apart and uh, cease trading because the relationships break down. Because, and they've never, they don't know, even know a shareholders agreement exists. They don't even know. People come onto the forum and say, you know, um, my business partner's not pulling their weight, not doing this. We, we don't talk to each other anymore. They've taken all the money out of the bank account and disappeared. All these sort of things happen. And the first comment that always comes back from the experienced members is, have you got a shareholders agreement or partnership agreement you can fall back on? And it's always, no, what's one of those? Quick Google. Oh, no. Um, there's just no education about going into business ever still isn't there wasn't 20 years ago there still isn't now um i mean sales pitch ukbf that's what we're trying to pull together and put all this stuff on there but the from um a long way around to to your question a moment ago that hasn't changed and that's always an issue uh when we're talking about how the economy are we aren't we post brexit still ongoing all these issues um it is still so divided, but one thing is consistent is trading, international trading is so much more complex now than it was a few years ago. And so many people are still having difficulty getting stuff in or out of the UK. How that might change with some of the, I don't want to date what we're talking here at the moment, but agreements have been put in place that might affect that now and might make it easier. But um, the established businesses and the things that keep coming on there, that's still a hot topic. Really interesting. Um, you mentioned side hustle. Yeah. Conscious of time, so we, we will need to wrap up soon. But um, so like side hustle, the, the the increase in the online businesses, that kind of thing. Um, just very quickly, are you 
I mean, the term side hustle feels quite. It's almost like it's not serious. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's a bit, you know. And and I just I am I'm seeing a lot of things at the minute where I'm kind of your is it a business or is it a get rich quick get rich quick scheme? The um, I watched Dragons Den last night and Peter Jones said to one of the people who came in there looking for investment, he said, "Is this a side hustle or is it a proper business?" Which pretty much sums up their view towards it. I, um, I've got two views on it. One of them, very quickly, is I have no objections to any of my team having side hustles because I think if, they, if they're exposing themselves to the pros and cons of running a business yeah, as a side project, they're learning entrepreneurial skills that benefit the business as a whole anyway. Um, it depends um, what the individual's aspirations are. Because some people quite genuinely and, you know, very happily just want to earn a bit of extra living on the side, but they like the security of the paycheck every month they got coming in as well. And it's a little bit extra and go for it. Like literally like enjoy it. If you've got, if you found something that earns you a little bit of extra money um, and that is your aspirations for it, that fits perfectly and I'd encourage anybody, like, you know, if you can come up with a side hustle or something that you enjoy doing and earns a bit of extra money, why wouldn't you? The the issue, it's not actually an issue because do what you like, but um, where I'd question it is if you portray and say, this is this is a business, this is, I'm doing this, I'm going to make this, um, and it's going to be the next Google, Uber, I'm next... Elon Musk and you're giving all this outward sort of grandeur of how great your business is and you're running it on the side in the evenings uh, whilst you're holding down your day job, you're not committed. You're you're, you're just pretending. You're really, um, you've got your nice little safety blanket around you of your paycheck and it's never going to feel like the right, it's not quite there and you're not really going to be putting your all into it to be get up and going because you're not scared. The um, you, if you really are going to give this business your all and it to make it the success that you're claiming it is, then you've got to give it everything. Um, you've got to give it 100%, and you're not going to be giving it 100% whilst you're doing nine till five, Monday to Friday, and then just doing a little bit in the evenings. You've got to make that step and be able to give nine till five plus actually starting at six o'clock in the morning and running through till nine, 10 at night and during the weekends and everything else you have to do to make that business work. Otherwise it's just a hobby and it will always be a hobby whilst you've got that uh, safety blanket. And I think this is the thing. There's nothing wrong with it being a hobby business. Yeah. There there, there really really isn't. Um, But I do think anything, and again, I said this on a, on a call earlier today, um, Anything worth having is difficult. Anything worth having, there's generally a bit of pain attached to it. So, um, and that is definitely, like, you know, being a business owner, def- especially, you know, as things are right now, there's pain, there's discomfort, there's challenge, um, but there's a lot of really, really freaking good stuff too. Really yeah. freaking good stuff. 
the highs are really high the lows are really low um your emotional roller coaster as a biz- as a business owner is very much like that mm-hmm. your emotional roller coaster when you don't have everything all the buck stopping for you is probably a bit like this a little bit wavier um, but everything's exaggerated when you've got everything on the line and it's your business absolutely I don't know whether to call you Richard or Aussie now. Everyone's always referred to you as Aussie to me. I was introduced to you as being Aussie. Um, You should see my wife and my mother talking to each other. They're they're literally having a conversation, the two of them, and my wife's saying Aussie and my mother's saying Richard, and you'd think they were talking about a different person, but they're having a completely fluent conversation um, using a different name for me. Excellent. Well. Either. Yeah. I, I was trying to think, like, how could I do half of one and half of the other? But, I, yeah, there's no way I can say that. Um, it's been fantastic having you. Thank you so much, so much for joining me. Um, best place for people to follow you? Where are we going to direct them to? Oh, follow me. Uh, do you know what? I, I'm more active on Twitter. The um, I know there's the whole conspiracy of who is it, is it isn't. I tried Instagram and I just can't keep up with it. Um, I do put a bit of weird stuff on TikTok every now and again, <clears throat> but that's more based around, based around the podcast. Um, the if I can mention that the yeah, drive yeah. drive small business podcast from UKBF. So a lot of the snippets from that are on TikTok. But generally, to engage, I'm able to do uh, spend most of the time on TikTok uh, on Twitter, which is literally Richard Osborne at Richard Osborne. Fantastic, fantastic. And I would encourage everyone to go and check out um, UK Business Forums, UKBF, um, and yeah, go and have a look at that too. Again, thank yeah. you so much for joining me. I've, I've just, I've loved chatting with you, which I knew I would. Uh, likewise. Thank you, Christian.